0: Sports Talk, Talk New, York New York with your, your hosts, hosts, Mark, Mark Rosenman, Rosenman and, and AJ Carter. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, now, here here are your hosts, hosts, Mark Mark, and AJ.
1: Joining us now is the man who serves as the president and chief executive officer of Tudor Games, Inc. He previously founded Ballpark Classics in April of 2007 and served as the president. He grew up loving baseball in the heart of America and has over 25 years of experience in engineering, advertising, marketing, product strategy, and product management, ranging from startups to mid sized to multinational corporations in both business to business and business to consumer industries. It is a pleasure to welcome. Doug Strom to WLIE Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Doug. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be here. It's our pleasure to have you. So before we talk about the 70th anniversary of electric football and your involvement in Tudor, let's talk baseball classic, which is an arcade-style baseball game, tabletop baseball game, which has the real feel of pitching and hitting, features the timeless charm and character of classic ballparks. Um, the game can be played alone, head-to-head, Uh, Ballpark Classic draws people together for a great, authentic experience that's fast and fun, plays like real baseball. Um, We mentioned you founded that company in 2007, um, which is really, maybe, it's not the height, but it's right in the middle of the video game craze. How do you go about getting a share of a market with such high-tech competition when you look at, you know, the EA Sports model of baseball? Who is that game marketed to, and how do you go after that share?
0: Well, that's a very good question. Um, I think what you do is you're looking for the people that, uh, you know, are are looking for a hands-on experience, a tactile experience, you know. Uh, Look at the resurgence of board games today with uh, uh, millennials and uh, 20 and 30-somethings. That's a big deal, and a lot of people are investing a lot of money. We were at... uh, Gen Con in Indianapolis, which is 30, 40,000 people every summer coming to a tabletop game expo. So that's really the market that you're looking for with that kind of a product. And it, I would contend that that's very strong, still alive and well today.
1: It's very interesting because AJ and I have talked about, you know, maybe, hopefully one day there'll be a rollback where kids, you know, disconnect yeah. from the screen and start sitting across from each other. So you move from the ballpark classics and go to a company that long before Temco Bowl and Madden transported the boys to the video game heaven, ruled the football gaming market. For 40 years, from 1967 to 2007, the NFL had given its official license to a game that 50 million Americans bought. During the 70s, it was the highest grossing NFL licensed property in the country. Since that time, its market share has diminished significantly, in, you know, basically serving a niche market of middle-aged game players. Yeah,
2: yeah we, we should stop for a second and just talk, You know, because Ryan, our third co-host, doesn't okay. remember the
1: game. <laughs> uh, okay. no, no, not so well, much well, more let's let's talk, of a video Let's game have to so, so, the game. So, <laughs> so what was the challenge? You know, why was the challenge of trying to recapture the market for electric football appealing to you?
0: Well, I, you know, I had electric football when I was a kid. And for those of you that aren't familiar with electric football, it's a it's a vibrating board, and there's 11 players on one team, 11 players on the other. Name another board game that where the players actually move. The closest thing we could ever think of was Mousetrap or some type of a board game like that. With electric football, you could really play 11-on-11 11 11 football. Now, a lot of people have memories of that and getting that on – um, you know the holiday morning, and it's all of a sudden. It's kind of like they expected these little things to take off and run and be perfect, and they were disappointed. But <laughs> the kids that stuck with it, the kids that had a little bit of engineering or a little bit of patience, or like me, grew up with four sisters and no brothers. We spent time making that game work. And the guys that play that competitively today uh, for the world championships in electric football, they do, they do that very thing. They not only uh, tweak the bases to make the players go exactly where they want them to go. They, um, they're artists. You know, some of these guys uh, they create miniature, beautiful uh, players with dreads, and we sell face masks, chin straps, all kinds of um, accessories so that they can make their electric football players look like the real thing. Whether that's a, a team of the past or or the current team, and then you know, of course, there's the collector market. So there's a lot of collectors out there that collect anything associated with electric football. So when we came out with a stadium this year for the first time ever, that was a hot item and still is a hot item going into the holidays.
1: So, so that, that's interesting yeah. because you mentioned how you know, they tweak it and they spend yeah. time. You know, we're in an immediate gratification society where you, know, you want to take something out of the box. Or you, listen, you want to put a meal in a microwave and have it in 30 seconds. You don't want to have to prepare anything. Yeah, how difficult is it to get past that with these kids now that, it, you know, they can turn on their their iPad and play a game immediately on their iPad as now, you know, when you open up this box, it's not a one, two, three thing. You, there's work involved. You have to put in, the players together. Right. So how do you overcome that hurdle?
0: Well, it's you know, if that's the market today, I don't think you can overcome market dynamics ever. I mean, the first lesson of of marketing is you have to capitalize on, on what you're given and what's out there. And so, you know, our biggest challenge is we don't, we don't, we don't have any shortage of people that uh, recognize electric football, want to play electric football, I would contend, or give electric football as a gift. We just have a lack of awareness that it still exists. If I had a nickel for every time somebody came up to us at either a trade show or a Local exhibit or something like that, and said, Oh my gosh, electric football. I didn't know you guys were still around. You know, I'd be a a, a very wealthy man because, you know, everybody has fond memories of electric football. Uh, Not a lot of people know that it's still around. And so, on our 70th anniversary, you know, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm talking to you guys, just to let people know, hey, electric football's around. It's still great fun. And as you said earlier, it's a great way for two. Two people to sit across the, the you know table from each other and uh, and interact and I think that's sadly missing in a lot of cases with our kids these days they're not growing up with the interpersonal skills that uh, that uh, you know our generation claims to have let's say but uh, you know I, it is tough I won't I'll, I'll tell you that we scrap and fight uh, for our market share and and we work hard and the gratification we get is you know the stories that we hear of people that said you know I. Man, if I didn't have electric football growing up, I'd be in a bad place. Um, we hear that a lot. Uh, kept people off the street. The other thing about electric football that we are really focused on is keeping it affordable for everybody. You know, you can, you can still buy bases. You can still buy a team for less than 15 bucks, and you can get into the sport and into the hobby and have a lot of fun with it.
1: You know, it's interesting because you, you mentioned holiday time. And, you know, right now, you know the ads for the holidays start a lot earlier. They start yeah, they, November 1st. Yeah, the day after the
2: day for Halloween. They're, November they're, 1st, they're as as well. yeah. yeah.
1: So, now, I remember, you know, I, I'm 58 years old. A.J. just celebrated a, a birthday that coincides with electric football. Um, <laughs> so, not quite. Close. Uh, close, but not sorry. quite. It was subtle. But, yeah, it was subtle. You like that? I not told quite. you. Not I, quite. I, I, I almost made it through the whole show without dumping on your age. But... Um, the issue is that back when we were kids, I remember, you know, specifically holiday time you would see the, the commercial for Bobby Hull Hockey and you'd see electric football. And, you know, those were two staples for me for Hanukkah. Like, you know, could you get me this? Could you get me this? Yeah. We don't see those commercials. And I understand, you know, the cost of advertising is a lot more now. Um, you know, how difficult is it, you know? to get the word out. You say trade shows and people don't even know that you exist anymore. I know you guys have a website, but how difficult is it to get the word out that these games still exist?
0: Well, it, it is, it's difficult. I mean, um, you know, m- my background is, is in uh, sales and marketing and um, product development, and you can have the greatest you know, product in the world, but if people don't know about it, they can't, they can't buy it, they can't get to it. Um, in 2014, we had a Bud Light commercial with Jimmy Johnson, and when that thing hit the airwaves, it was incredible. I mean, that really got us on our on our way, got our feet back on the ground, and, and let people know that you know electric football uh, still existed. And ever since then, you know, we've been growing every year, and uh, you know, we use things like Facebook and and Google AdWords and you know the technical social media stuff to let people know. That electric football exists. We do some uh, limited advertising in, in certain places, uh, very targeted advertising that costs less uh, money than than that would. You know, there's no Christmas book anymore. You know, the holiday, the big holiday book yeah. from Spears and JCPenney yeah. yeah. that we Toys all are, grew up with. Toys R Us Christmas you
1: know, book is gone. Right. Toys yeah. R Us is gone. Right. It's right. gone, right. I know.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, but uh, Amazon came out with a uh, holiday toy book, but you know that's prohibitively expensive for us yeah. to be in. But uh, you know that's uh, that's just the way it is now. It's just a fragmented uh, toy market, and, and it's just a lot more expensive to try to you know to break through the clutter. But you know what? You, you could you could really feel sorry for so Oh, I wish I had you know all this. You know, I wish I could throw a half a million dollars in an advertising campaign you know, we have something great, which is word of mouth. And we have a a heritage of 40, 50 million of these sold over the years. (laughs) So I think if we just keep our head down and we keep plugging away, we keep, you know, letting people know. And I think the market will come around. I saw, you know, I was watching the Seahawks game today here in Seattle. We sadly lost at the very end again, but um, there was a, a, you know, a cell phone commercial on and they were, you know, all these kids were gathered around their three young girls gathered around with their three phones. And I just you know, I even mentioned to everybody who's watching TV that we're going to laugh at this commercial in 10 years because it's going to be so different. You know, people aren't going to be so tied to their phones, I don't think. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how, how things work out. But, you know, for us, it's a labor of love. It really is. It's a family business. Um, we bring a lot of joy to people. We talk to them every day. And, um, you know, it's it, it's really fun. We enjoy it a lot.
2: So I, I was one of those people who got the game as a kid, turned it on, all the players headed straight to the sideline. Never, never yeah. figured out how to, how to get to work. But obviously there are a lot of people who you said did get it to work. And I hate to use the word cultists, but there's really a cult following for this game. People have written books about this game. It has its own story. It, it has its own historian. <laughs> it has, like, national championship. So how does, how does that feed into your plan for the game? How does it really play to the... The, the cultists, as it were, of, of electric football versus trying to reach out to broaden the market?
0: Well, I would say that there's kind of two types of buyers for electric football. Um, the first one is that, you know, that person that aspires to be uh, really great at electric football and win championships and start a local league and all that stuff and get involved in the, in the hobby in that way. And the second one really is, is the gift giver. Um, this time of year, it's people that want to give this as a gift, want to get their kids off the screens for a while or their grandkids or something like that. And, yeah, probably just like most board games and most Christmas gifts, um, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to sit in the toy closet most of the year. But the people that do pick it up and, and run with it, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see anybody having, uh, you know, world championships for Monopoly or any of the other classic board games out there. You know, this would be like if Easy Bake Oven, you know, had a bake-off, a <laughs> national bake-off. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's, it's hard to compare, but there are those folks that are, I mean, every year when we go to the World Championships, it's just amazing. It's like three-dimensional chess. I mean, the way these guys play is they have a tray of 60 players, and those, that's their roster, and those players are eligible to enter the game at any time. They know what each one of those players does or can do, what their tendencies are, and they substitute them very quickly on every play. I mean, they have like 15 to 20 seconds to set up a play. So we're not sitting here with a chess clock. It's a fast-moving, exciting, really interesting way to play electric football. So if anybody wants to see that, just go out to YouTube and look at the thousands of of videos of how electric football is played that way. So, you know, we go after them, and then we, we use that as, as uh, proof that, uh, you know, if, if you're one of the people that said, oh, yeah, that, that piece of junk, you know, all they did was spin around and fall over. Um, well, yeah, that's because you just you took about 30 seconds to put it together and do it. You know, the right way to do it is, and we wrote this into the rules uh, when we acquired the company seven years ago, is you set up a training camp. You put all your players on the sideline, and then you watch which way they go. You don't put them in the middle and expect a miracle, and then you know you don't have any idea which way they're going. So,
1: in other <laughs> words, you don't use <laughs> the Jets playbook. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it, it's interesting for me because you know you guys were kind enough to send send me the game and like like I said, I'm 58 and and you know I, I guess uh, you know I'm reliving my childhood because now I'm I'm back with tabletop hockey and electric football. But this electric football game is is you know you know like the Buick commercial. It's not your dad's you know. You know, Buick, it's a different game. The board is definitely different than the game I played as a kid in, in the 60s and 70s. What improvements have you made to the game?
0: So the first thing that we did is recognizing that, you know, the game that that, that we bought and what we had in the warehouse when we bought it uh, plugged into the wall, that seemed very, very dangerous, to be quite honest, uh, a little scary. And uh, so... Without losing a beat, you know, we figured out how to create this little motor pod. So we have a motor pod that has a, an adhesive strip on the bottom. You peel that off. You put it where the directions say to put it underneath. Uh, if you want to mess around, you maybe you put it in a different place. You know, we have a lot of people that experiment with that. So out of the box immediately, you've got different options. And then you plug a, a two AA battery-powered uh, remote control into that power pack underneath there, and so now you can change the speed of the game as you're actually playing. In the old days, there was a bolt in the end zone, and the bolt was the way you tightened the, uh, the vibration or loosened it to make the players run faster or slower. Now you can do that with a dial on the go as you're actually playing. So if you're headed for the end zone and you're, you start to head out of bounds, you can slow it down, see if you can change that outcome, or if somebody's chasing you, you can speed it up. So the offense controls... The game with this handheld remote control, that's the first thing. Second thing is um, the metal is completely isolated around the outside with some furniture-grade PVC plastic tubing. And that tubing has uh, legs, which keeps it off the ground. But it isolates the vibration, and the wave pattern is such that the players run much, much more reliably than they used
1: to. That's the one thing Um, I noticed immediately. It's
0: like... yeah. And then the third thing is just the bases. I mean, the base we still sell the same bases that we we all grew up with. Um, we still have those molds. We still make those in in uh, Illinois and ship those all around the country. But the the bases that the game comes with are called invisibases. bases, and you can either use the uh, the uh, strength bases or two speed bases. The two speed bases look like little skis. So if you want your guy to go to the left, it's as simple as just moving the left ski over a little bit and your guy will go to the left.
1: So you guys, um, and, sorry, sorry, to interrupt you there. So you mentioned, that's okay. So you mentioned checking out YouTube and being someone who hasn't, you know, experienced electric football as much as I have. YouTube electric football, and not only am I finding videos of people playing it, but seasons and game after game of them logging what their progress is. So have you guys tapped into that online market of someone who wants to play from game to game and kind of catalog with their audience what they're playing?
0: Yeah, good question. Uh, That is called solitaire. So there are a lot of people that play electric football solitaire, and what that means is... They will play uh, two teams against each other. They have special rules, and they keep stats. They log the outcomes, and, you know, they play year after year. We have people that uh, there's a family, uh, the Fisher family in Tennessee, and it's gone through three generations of Fishers, and they have cataloged every game wow. you know, for, like, 40 years. <laughs> oh my and God. it's all college it's all college stuff. And it's just it's amazing to see the kind of stuff that, you know, people have done with the game. So, Yeah, there's just a – you know, it really is being able to – if you love football, if you love the X's and O's of football, then you can play an X and O game of football on the tabletop with electric football. And sure, you can do that with Madden and you can do that with other stuff. But if you want to get your hands dirty, as it were, and you want to get in there and touch it and feel it and see what happens, you know, we don't have to build any of the chaos – into our game with like you do with a video game. You know, a video game you have to build some of that uh, unpredictability into the algorithm. With electric football, we've got that already.
1: You know, <laughs> so the one so, thing I was never able to master, and even you know, messing around with the game today, I still can't complete a pass. Right. I, I mean, I, I basically Josh McCowan probably has a better completion <laughs> rate little than little I do. Football, you know,
2: at the other side of the room, yeah, right? That's, that's, so
1: how how so, difficult you know how much training does it take to actually complete a pass? You know, I I
0: had the same issue and then <laughs> someone at a tournament showed me and it's a very simple thing. So on your triple threat quarterback, instead of putting the the uh, the ball straight ahead as you would expect it to be, if you aim that ball up 45 degrees and you tilt the quarterback forward as you're passing, it improves your accuracy like Five hundred percent! It's wow. crazy how much <laughs> okay. better it is. All
1: right, now we know what so, I'm doing this week.
2: <laughs> so, so there you go. So th- this year, you were a finalist for the Toy Hall of Fame, and, and you lost out to the Magic Eight Ball, Uno, and the Pinball Machine. So yep. there's a move to have maybe next year you finally get inducted. How important would that is that to the marketing to get included in the Toy Hall of Fame?
0: Well, it, you know, we think it's important. I don't know if a lot of people know about the uh, the Strong Museum in Rochester, New York, and the the Toy Hall of Fame, but it, it's really a it's a special thing, and it'd be quite an honor to be a part of that. Uh, Magic Eight Ball and Uno, for example, were uh, finalists last year and didn't make it. Um, you know, we made it into the finals by you know because of the history of electric football, but also because we had over 400 write-in entries, nominations from people. I mean, we had a guy who wrote a poem about electric football. It was beautiful. Uh, Just the people just relating their great stories. And um, we're going to put all that online and we're going to ask people to nominate again. And we're hopefully going to be right back in there next year. So we're not giving up on that, but, uh, you know, Uno and Pinball and uh, Magic 8-Ball are, you know, those are great products and they, and they deserve to be there. So uh, we want to be there. We want to be there
2: too. I was much better at pinball than I was at electrical football.
1: Yeah, the thing yeah. that I I keep you know replaying in my mind is that you know we have that base need to go back to our childhood, things that made us happy. You know, whether it be for me, you know, picking up a, a baseball, a pack of baseball cards at a Target if I see it, or but I guess the thing is you want to pass it on to. You know your children, but my children are really old. But then your grandchildren. So how important, and we'll we'll close with this. How important is it for people that grew up with the game to give it as a gift to a grandchild? You know because you know that generation. There's a big divide from when people played the game to when they stopped playing the game once videos came in. You know so it's more like grandparent gift giving. How important is that the market to tap into?
0: I think it's. I think it's very, very important. And, you know, you see it in the uptake of, uh, you know, the the uptick of orders and, and you know, the busyness that, that we're experiencing right now going into the holiday, holiday season. You know, the thing is, if you want to give a gift like that, then give the gift of your time along with it. You know, there's a saying in electric football that the, the coaches, the guys who play the game call themselves coaches because they're not the players. They're not playing the game. Their players are playing. They're the coaches. But the coaches say, each one teach one and they really are the most giving group of people i mean they're willing to sit down and share all their tricks and their their ideas you know these are guys who are they're sitting there with magnifying glasses on and pliers and candle warmers and they're showing other people how to tweak bases to make it work they're showing them their passing skills you know they want the the hobby to be great and successful and and to grow, and quite honestly, a lot of them are a little bit missed at the fact that their, their hobby doesn't get the respect that they think it deserves because they, they love it. It's, it's their favorite game. But we do have a lot of people that say, oh, it's been around all over. Well, you've got to give it a chance, you know, and that is, a, that is tough in this day and age of short attention spans and you know instant gratification, as you said. But uh, I think if someone's going to give that gift, Give the gift of your time along with it if you can. Um, You know, if you're out of state or far away from who you're giving the gift to, you know, give a little coaching session on the phone along with it. Um, It it just brings people together. It's a wonderful thing. So I I think it makes it a wonderful gift in that way too. And, you know, we have over 700 accessories online at electricfootball.com. You can really make this your own from face masks, to stadiums, to, you know, we've got the older teams, hand-painted older teams out there. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to like about electric football.
1: Great stuff, Doug. We appreciate your time. More importantly, thanks for sending me the, the, the game to, to demo, and A.J. and, and Ryan are going to come over and play. Uh, where's the best place for people to get it online?
0: Uh, our website is probably the best place to get it because it has the most complete selection. Uh, but we're also on, you know, Amazon and Target and Walmart and, and everywhere else online as well. And uh, this year we're in BJ's Wholesale
1: Clubs on the East Coast. There you go. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Doug Strome, Tudor Electric Football.